Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show Lost in Space. Today we'll be covering the seventh episode from Lost in Space titled Pressurized. Under pressure. It's uh, not the same. Not bum, th- bum, no. Bum, there's a little extra. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Ba-da-da-dum, bum. <laughs> I love that song. Isn't that great? <laughs> oh, David Bowie and, um, and, and our lovely... Um, Vanilla oh Ice. <laughs> no, yeah. no, not that one. <laughs> well, that's where it came from. That's where he's always like, it's not the same. Because he's like, bum, 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 bum. It's not the same. Oh, my gosh. No, it's not the same. Freddie Mercury and David Bowie. I can't get any better. But before we get to our top five and discussion of this week's episode, first, a word from this week's sponsor, BZRK Audio. So speaking of Vanilla Ice and Freddie Mercury, (laughs) do you want to improve your sound system to go from Vanilla Ice to Freddie Mercury, that range? Well, we've got the the speakers for you. They come from BZRK Audio. These are some audio tweeters that will be a great upgrade to any stock speakers. They'll extend that mid-range response. They'll add clarity and detail to voice, strings, horns, and more. Uh, So make sure you can find these guys on Amazon, eBay, or by visiting the website bzrkaudio.com. Uh, and remember, just you can, like I said again, you can see them at Amazon or eBay. They're really, really good priced. And just make sure you check them out and support bzrkaudio.com. And remember, when you go BZRK Audio, you go berserk. Berserk. Thanks, BZRK Audio. Yeah, thanks, guys. Awesome. So I'm ready to jump into our top five. What did you think about this episode? Quick thoughts first. Uh, it was it was good. Um, I think it kind of follows the the, you know, formula of this series there's kind of a um obstacle of the episode and there's kind yes. of just a little bit moving forward of the plot of the season so it was good i felt like this one had a little bit more excitement a little bit more of um on the edgeness um so of the episode so far it's probably one of my favorites cool yeah i'm, I'm about the same i think it was good had some good plot movement a little bit of character development but a little bit of repetitiveness at the same time so I'm super excited to talk about it. I'll go ahead and start off this week with my number five. Um, just a kind of a quick one. It's I've got this one titled "Tell Me Lies." Um, seems to be the. I guess I'm on a music trend this week. I don't know what's happening. Dying for a concert. Um, so I'm just, you know, we've got Doctor Smith talking to John and Maureen about the gun because they found they're like that that gun that Angela had and they find out that it has a watermark on it to show that it was printed uh, from their Jupiter and then she goes into talking about how Victor was likely the one that gave Angela the gun why what do I'm so I don't know what she's trying to gain and why all of a sudden Victor is somehow coming into this and why she's you know, because there could have been other people as well mm-hmm. that because there were people we saw a lot of the people from I'm just going to go ahead and call them like a community at this point. Um, you know, they're all working together and trying to come up with their resolution on how they're all going to get off the planet. Um, and she's, you know, so it's like, why is she pointing the finger at Victor? Is he just the likely one because he was the one that was opposed, but she wasn't? Or he wasn't the only one. I don't know. What did you think of that? Yeah, I mean, there's tons of people on that ship. I, I kind of thought she was going to kind of push the blame to Don. Because mm. uh, that seemed like, you know, she feels like, I think that was just right after the phone call. And so I think she's got an idea that, you know, somebody's figuring something out. 
And so Don would be like the right person to blame. I think it's just kind of stirring that pot. I mean, if you, you blame Victor or you kind of got this other thing with Don where people aren't sure about him, you get everybody looking at other directions besides you. It's kind of like the, the magician trick. Like, you know, look at my hand over here while I'm, you know, doing the trick with my other hand. Right. Yeah, that's true. She's definitely getting good at that because she did do that with Don. What was it? The last episode when she tried to do that with Judy, like she's like, "Well, be careful with him," yeah. and you know, saying all these things to where she's using the truth, uh, you know, elements of the truth of what really happened, and twisting them into a bad way to make Don sound like a, a, a total douche and like he has bad intentions and he's not such a nice guy. But I was just curious, um, you know, about why she was pointing the finger at, Vic, or at Victor, and then it just made me think that with what happened in this episode. At the end, when Victor is talking to his family after VJ confesses about what he knows about the black hole um, oh, yeah, yeah. Out, out there, and, and he says, you know, I'm, we're getting off this planet. And we know because of the fuel thing, the loss of fuel, that not everyone's going to get off the planet. So if I'm thinking from some things that I've picked up that's happened in a couple of episodes and in this episode Victor isn't too fond of the Robinsons right now and that whole group and if they believe what Dr. Smith is saying about Victor that he could have been the one you know to to give Angela this gun um, then they're going to doubt him and suspect him and that's just going to draw you know it's going to create that tension and it's going to create tension on both sides where they're both going to be suspicious of each other is kind of what I'm getting at so, I don't know. But it's just more lies from Dr. Smith, or as I like to say, Dr. Smith in quotations, <laughs> because mm-hmm. we know it's not really her. June Harris is her name, right? And that's what she told the robot. Yeah. She was piecing back together. So, anyway, that's my number five. It's just this continuation of lies. Well, my number five, it kind of it goes along with the, uh, the Dr. Smith uh, path, but I've titled it A Slightly Used Robot. <laughs> so... <laughs> So we see her picking up the pieces and trying to put them together. And I kind of mentioned, like, as I see this happening, I'm like, well, there's some assembly required. So, you know, she's going through getting this robot put together. And mm-hmm. it's just kind of, you know, Dr. Smith's end game with this robot. And we find out at the very end of this episode what that is. She knows that, you know, she's not a killer. She's already she states that in here. Mm-hmm. She talks about that. You know, her name's actually uh, Jane Harris. Right. Jane Harris. Right. June, I think. June, June Harris. June. Yep. Um, and. She knows that the captain of the Resolute probably is going to throw her out of an airlock because, you know, <laughs> yep. she's just not trustworthy. He knows that. And she goes on to give the robot, like, this is what I'm I'm going to do is you're going to be the one to do all the bad things that I can't. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it lays it all out on front street. And it's kind of the idea that, you know, if, if the robot isn't sentient, which I think it is, but I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. You know, even though she's using the robot to do these bad things, it's really her doing the bad things. Yes, unless, just by extension, exactly. using the robot. I mean, unless the robot, I mean, if it's sentient and it's just obeying her, you know, there's probably some different arguments there. But if it's not, it's a completely different argument. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and you kind of, I kind of felt bad for her for a little bit. She's going through this kind of testimonial with the robot. Because she talks about getting to the new planet and mm-hmm. she wants to be a, a productive member of the community. And, you know, if she's going to use this robot to do all these bad things to get there, what's going to not stop her from doing that when she gets there? You know, if she has the biggest stick on this planet, like, you know, she could be Queen Smith at that point. Yeah. Um, and then if she has kids, she'll have a kid she can name the Fresh Prince. We'll call him <laughs> Will. 
uh, if she keeps the same last name. But yeah, I mean, it's just kind of my number five is we're seeing this ball kind of roll with what she's using with the slightly used robot. And at the very, very end, we see that she's using the the tablet where Will kind of is investigating this uh, crash site where he first meets the robot Mm -hmm. and kind of doing her research to figure out how to turn it on. So I'm very, very interested in like these next three episodes to see how all that plays out. I think it's going to be interesting indeed. And that's actually something that I had in my notes. You know, she's she's talking about like she just wants a fresh start. She she's, I think, convinced herself that she's not a bad person. And that might be true to a point, but she's done some really bad things, even with the beginning of how she got on the resolute pretending to be her sister. She ties up her sister, drugs her to make her pass out, um, disguises herself as her. Now, you know, she doesn't kill her sister. I understand that. But, you know, that's still pretty underhanded to do to someone. Um, And then, of course, when she gets on the resolute, uh, that one fella who I guess was her sister's lover, boyfriend, whatever he was, Mm. um, uh, is the one that got taken out of the airlock Um, by accident. I realize that's not what she intended to do, but she took advantage of the opportunity like, oh, I can just be rid of this guy, this guy that knows I'm not who I say that I am and I can get in trouble for this. So she didn't help him, but did she technically kill him? I don't know. I guess that's a, I don't know how that there's that one. I feel like is, you know, in a court of law, that's murder because it's not yeah. it's a situation where, especially with this is like, it's very simple to save him and yeah. she didn't do that. So she just, she didn't necessarily kill him physically, but she didn't not help him in a, a way that you could. I, I right. can't give a real life example. Um, I don't even know what a real life example would be. Like, yeah. if if you're floating in the ocean and you're on a door and the lover you're <laughs> holding onto their hand <laughs> and it's ice cold water and all you have to do is pull them on the door with you and you're like, I'll never let go. But then you let go. There's no like, room that on might the door. Be similar. <laughs> no room on the door. <laughs> Come back, Jack. Uh, the only other thing I noted from this that I thought was funny is when she was uh, talking to the robot, and she's like, go together, fuse together. <laughs> I know, it's funny. I got like, a little kick out of that. Do your thing, fuse. Like you're expecting these like little zappy things yeah. from the, the torso to the arm to start bzz, 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 <laughs> and and it just like come together like magnets or something. Um, yeah, that was, which, that was which funny. Is funny because like an hour before this, I watched my wife yelling at her computer and it kind of felt like the same thing. It's like, <laughs> what are you doing computer? <laughs> kind of feels like that sometimes. <laughs> but yeah. I just five. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm sorry. I was just going to add. And then, you know, when she, cause I'm just, you do almost feel bad for her. She's like, I just want a fresh start. I just, you know, I, I want to be someone different on Alpha Centauri. And she just, she keeps saying this, and I think she just kind of convinced herself of this. She may not be a completely evil person, but she's certainly not to be trusted. And I think she's definitely convinced herself. She didn't help the real Dr. Smith. I don't know that she could have saved him and what she yeah, could have done, but I, to just be like, oh, sorry, I'm going to take your shit and pretend to be you. Um I mean, that wasn't, she didn't necessarily kill him, but she didn't take an opportunity to try to help your fellow man. I mean, you know, even if she couldn't have, like, saved him and have medical training, she's not a doctor. She could have tried to help, you know, get him to safety, you know, or aboard somewhere to, um, when everyone was abandoning ship, help him get to his ship. Maybe he would have been like, you can come with me. 
you know, um, he would have let her come along. So um, I don't know. It's I just thought it was interesting. And she was also, did you catch her singing as she's looking for the place where the robot fell? She's singing um, This Little Light of Mine to oh, herself. Yeah. This Little Light of Mine. Sorry, folks. I didn't mean to torture you with my singing. You don't want to listen to that. Um, but I just thought that that was, that was an interesting little exchange. You almost kind of want to feel bad for her. I just don't think I'm there yet. Yeah, she's got a lot of redemption before. I don't blame her for a lot of things, so. And, you know, I wondered a little bit about her motivations. Now, I think she did reveal herself, yes, because she definitely wants the robot to do these bad things for her to to um, reach her goals, whatever that is. Maybe it is just get to Alpha Centauri to ensure her, her ride there to live this new life. Um, and she's going to divert the attention from her, like you said, uh, onto the robot, like how she keeps diverting it. Like, don't look at me, what I'm doing over here, the sleight of hand, look at someone else. But I also wonder, do you think that the robot will willingly follow her? Cause, um, or do you think it's going to be something similar to when Will saved the robot and the robot is going to have like a life debt to her? Uh, I I don't know. I feel like in this situation, hopefully the robot isn't been like hard rebooted. So he remembers everything. So, mm-hmm. you know, she's going to somehow use Will's voice from the tablet thing to get him back. I'm hoping that that's kind of what triggers him to remember that Will's probably the good guy and she's a bad guy. Um, but I, I'm not really sure. I, I, I don't think he's going to owe her a life debt. Yeah, I don't. I didn't know either. It just made me curious because I thought it, it didn't occur to me until later after my second viewing, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, why does she?" Because I was like, "Why does she think that the robot's just gonna follow what she says?" Then I was like, "Oh well, she's kind of saving him, like Will saved him. Maybe he will follow her and do what she says because he did with Will, and he owed that life debt." Um, to will or does he is he really maybe more sentient than what we think and he still has that devotion to will um you know even though will's the one that told him to walk off the edge of the cliff (laughs) yeah but i think he probably understands why yeah well he seemed to have that under he seemed to have that look and that it's hard to talk about that last episode in the previous episode in in eulogy when the robot kind of gave that look to will right before he stepped over and he's kind of like you know i know what you're wanting me to do are you sure (laughs) um oh it was awful i can't even look at that i'll never watch that episode again (laughs) anyway (laughs) yeah that's my number five is just the slightly used robot some assembly required get your robot today you know despite being in pieces he looked in pretty good shape he didn't look scratched up he didn't look dented he was just in pieces so made out of pretty good durable material whatever that is (laughs) um good number five i like it uh so my number four is evan the surfer's sacrifice and so we meet this fella evan i think we're supposed to probably really care for him because we we kind of learn a little bit about him we haven't really seen him a whole lot except for the mix of the crowd with the rest of the community i thought he was kind of cute and adorable um you know in a sweet way um, I thought it was brave of him where he makes the choice to to jump out and reconnect that cable, find out he is a surfer. He's like, hey, I got this. I got, you yeah. know, this is a bumpy ride. I got balance. I'm all good. Um, unfortunately, he does get seriously hurt when they, you know, the, the uh, those gas things start going off. And um, he gets very hurt with the replacement tanker that, um, or that tanker that falls on him. Um, and I'm wondering... You know, I, I keep saying I don't really like Victor, and I just, I'm really torn about the choice that was made, like with Victor's, like, you know, nope, if we lift it up, we're going to lose fuel, mm-hmm. leave him where he's at, if he dies, then 
it's for the greater good. Sometimes you lose people, you know, to save more to save, you know, you lose one to save hundreds or something like that is, is his thought. Judy's, you know, a medical doctor. She's sworn to, um, you know, do no harm, but also to help people when people are in need and, and, you know, then they end up helping him because Don has a heart of gold. You know, he, Judy looks at him with those big brown eyes and says, please Don. And Don's like, yeah, I'm, gonna do it yeah he's gonna and he sacrifices it he had a sacrifice too he sacrificed his money um that he was gonna get so he had a sacrifice too it wasn't just him but i don't know i get i get the the decision to not help him i get the decision that there was to help him i've i honestly don't know what i would have done if i was in in that kind of position i'm curious as to what you think the right call is or if you have a right call yeah, this this was my number two, and I kind of called it like save one or save all. And I, I really, really like tried to think about this situation because this is very much a trope. It's a Sophie's Choice kind of situation of, mm-hmm. you know, do you do this and hurt one or do this and kind of hurt all kind of thing. And I guess at this point, as I kept thinking about it, none of these guys know that the world's about to explode. Right. You know, they all think that like this is their chance to get off the, the, the planet, but... You know, if they don't have enough fuel, hopefully one ship could at least get up to the Resolute and figure out how to get everybody back. But even to that point, you know, when they're talking about him, you know, you have this situation. This guy is in really bad shape. You know, he had the thing fall on him. It's like, well, if we pull this off, he's going to die. And, you know, you move that tanker. And it's like, you know, they're basically like looking at Victor like he's an asshole. It's like, you're an asshole. I think Don even says that. Mm-hmm. But to me, that's a situation. It's like, okay, well, you have you can't let your emotions get too involved in that kind of scenario. I mean, it's a terrible situation. You need to do what you can to keep them stable and hopefully figure out how to get you know something back to get that that fuel or something along those lines. Because you know, I put myself in uh, the the kid's you know situation where he's you know being crushed by this and like right. If you pull me out and you save me, it's like, oh wait, you lost all the fuel. And let's even ignore the fact that he, he ended up dying. Like, you know, let's say he survived and you get back and then you find out, oh, you saved me. Okay, great. Now we're out of fuel. Oh, but now everyone's going to die because the planet's going to explode. Yeah. There, there's nothing that would make me feel like worse, I think, because even though you could argue it's like, well, you know, oh, what was it? There was a what the heck was it? There's a show I was watching where um was it Avengers? Was that the newest one where it's like we don't sacrifice one for all? I think it was Avengers, the new Avengers. Could be. Something along the lines like we don't sacrifice one person for, you know, anything. But, you know, we saw how that movie turned out and <laughs> potentially this situation could end up the same way. No spoilers. <laughs> um, and unfortunately, I, I, I say unfortunately, I guess I've never been brave enough to, to serve in anything. So I don't even know what you're really trained to do in situations like this. If it's like, hey, if you save this person. But it increased the risk of other people getting hurt. What do you do? You know, I mean, I know they give out Medal of Honors for guys who do that. And a lot mm-hmm. of times when those guys get those Medal of Honors, they don't get it alive because right. what they did was so heroic that it ended up costing their life as well. Right. So I'm not, I, you know, the one thing that I hope they don't do with this, and it seems like they didn't because with, with him passing away, I didn't want to be one of those situations where they they play up this like, oh, well, we saved him and, you know, everything played out 
like perfect. You know, by saving right. him, he knew about the flux capacitor, which, which allowed <laughs> the ships to go into outer space, and we saved everybody because we saved him. Like sometimes I think you need a little bit more realism where, you know, sometimes bad things happen and you just can't really resolve it, I guess. And I know that kind of sounds heartless, but no. Um, because I, I I agree. I'm glad. I am not glad the character died. I felt really bad. But as far as the story itself in the show, I was glad that they at least did have the the guts to at least go there and and show that yeah, you make these sacrifices and they think they're doing good, and then the guy dies because that happens in real life, you know. So it did make it a little bit more real. I think it would have been too too good uh, for it to you know, for him to have lived. So as sad as I was, uh, as I was to see him go, I, I agree. I think it went well with the story. I think this the story needed it. When I think them making the choice for him to go into shock while, you know, and Judy had great bedside manner. Like she's a mm-hmm. great, like that's the kind of doctor I want whenever I get crushed by a fuel tanker. Yes. And, you know, I think it played well with the story because it's, I think Judy has come into this with kind of the, with kind of the, uh, you know, rose-colored glasses, you know, it's like the idea of like, oh, well, we're going to save him because it's the right thing to do, mm-hmm. and we're all still going to survive off this ship. And, you know, with them going back and him not making it, I think kind of just like basically brings her to reality a little bit or makes her grow up a little bit because it's like, oh, well, this choice that we made not only cost us all the fuel, but in the end, he still didn't survive. Mm-hmm. And now when she learns that, if she does learn that this planet's dying and that's, that could have cost not just his life, but potentially the whole family's life and other survivors. Yeah. She's not, I'm not saying that she didn't think of her family uh, in this decision, but she, her choice to do this did affect her family, uh, you know, by sacrificing some of this fuel. And I know Victor had reminded her of that. He's like, this affects your family too. You have to think of them. Mm -hmm. And which he's telling her to take the emotion out of it, but he's bringing it right back in when he says that. I mean, you can't say, well, you have to think of your family. Well, that's bringing in emotion. And, you know, she's really I think this this moment will I think was character development for Judy and how she moves forward. Victor had a really good point, And he's like, how many patients have you had without the supervision of another doctor? Mm. She's like, well, two. And one of them was her mom. And then the other one was Angela. So this is all new for her. And both of so far, her patients that she's handled on her own have survived. I don't know if she's had to deal with the death of any patients when she was in school or training or anything like that, but at least for on her own, with her own efforts, this is the first patient death she's had to deal with, or at least the one that we know about anyway. So I think it really will change her and maybe affect her moving forward uh, if something similar happens, because I don't know, I, I wonder if maybe the best decision would have been to go ahead and wait for the replacement tanker and try to do what she could for him. I know that she was worried about his, his condition worsening as Mm -hmm. he, as he laid under the tanker, he could still die underneath it. He could go into get worse, um, go into renal failure, all these different things. I don't know what they had with him as far as medical supplies. Maybe she could have made him as comfortable as possible, done what she could and waited. It's not like you don't have to not treat him and just leave him lying there do Mm -hmm. what you can. You know, um, she could still do her job, but yet think of also, we are in a dire situation. This is the only fuel that we have. I don't know. I don't, I'm just trying to, I'm just throwing stuff out there. I don't know if that's the right decision. I don't know if I could have done it. This is why I am not, that's not the only reason I'm not in some sort of leadership <laughs> role that way, but it's definitely one reason I don't pursue it. 
I do feel like this was a very well structured episode, though, because you know, with Victor finding out that you know the planet's dying after they lost the fuel, if because I, I imagine like the reason he didn't put up too much of a fight is because he's like, okay, like I really don't want this to happen. This is my thought as the leader. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be the one to do it, but go ahead and do it. Like we'll, we'll, I guess, figure out some other way to get off the planet. Right. If they all knew about the planet dying, I, I think it'd be more difficult for them to say, oh, well, who cares? Lose the fuel, save this guy. Right. Because that choice is less of, well, it, because at that point, it's I think it's a little bit more of an inconvenience by saving him when they don't know the planet's dying. It's like, okay, well, we'll we'll, we'll save him and we'll figure out a way to get off the planet. We have all the time in the world, right? But if they know it's like, oh, by doing this, you're potentially costing everybody else their life. That's true. You know, that drastically changes, I think, the situation and the, the decision that would be made. I agree. That is definitely a good point that they made this. Everyone made these decisions without knowing the actual truth of what is really happening. So anyway, that was really long number four for me. So sorry about that. What's your number four? Uh, so my number four, uh, it, it ties in a little bit, um, but it's just kind of the alien old faithful is what I'm calling it. Uh, one of the things I think is interesting is that uh, even though the the machines say uh, kilome- kilometers, kilometer, kil- kilometers, I, kilometers, yeah. See, I'm an American. I don't know. We use miles. <laughs> and in the future, <laughs> we still use miles. <laughs> so, you know, the machines are using those. But, you know, when they're talking about the distance and everything, they're talking about them in miles and miles per hour and all this, which I thought was really, really funny. You know, it's like, well, these things can max out at 35 miles per hour and it's one point whatever miles. And like, if we max out, we can make it. Um, and this, and this kind of ties into your note where you're talking about the surfer dude. Um, I got a giggle out of when uh, Judy looks out and says, your control cable's loose. I can see it from here. That, <laughs> yeah. you know, I feel like that should be on a T-shirt. <laughs> um, you know, it made me think it's like, oh, if I, I had like a nickel it. every time I've heard that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it kind of tied into your stills, you know, when he talks about dude, I'm a surfer and, you know, we didn't really get a whole lot from him, but he seemed like a really cool character. It's very much that like, you know, bravery moment because, you know, they can't stop and fix it. You know, the speed they're going may not make it. And it's a very risky thing that he did and he was able to hook it up and they end up making it out just in time. Thanks to him. Mm -hmm. Um, even though they end up losing the fuel by trying to save him. Um, but, but yeah, my number four is just kind of that old faithful alien old faithful. That was kind of scary that they even had to make that decision to go through that little, I'm just going to oh, think yeah. of it like a, it's like a minefield, you know, that they're having to do. And they fortunately were able to time it out. But, um, you know, that, well, that was, it was definitely kind of like, you can see this as a, a writer's, or I don't know what you call it, what, what the term would be, but you know, it's, you know, oh, it always gives us three minutes yes. or whatever. It's, you know, we got this exact distance and, you know, everything kind of lined up to, to work just for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they could get like right up to this point and they were just at the edge of it. It wasn't, you know, crazy all over the place. Um, but I mean, it worked kind of for the suspense of it. It was a pretty sure. long like drive too. like it wasn't just a like, a, I don't know if it was the full three minutes, but it was a little bit suspenseful. Yeah. Um, but again, you had the extra suspension of, hey, you know, your cable's loose. Um, yeah, that was happens, a funny line. Happens to the best of us. <laughs> yeah. Every now and again. <laughs> I did think it was a little silly that Judy as she's talking to Evan he climbs up out of the thing and starts working his way down to where the tanker and the cherry are connected and she's like really out of breath and I'm just <laughs> like 
why are you out of breath? <laughs> well, she <laughs> might have a thing for surfers, so she's not like, whoa, me, whoo. Maybe, I don't boy. know. She's just like, okay, I can see it. I think you've got it. And I'm like, why are you out of breath? You're sitting in the chariot just watching him. Are you, you know, I just thought that was kind of silly and just, you know, maybe just a little bit um, overacting Over on her part. I felt like she could have um, emoted that without that out of breathness. Because I'm like, you're not the one out there you're trying to reconnect that thing. <laughs> you're out of breath. Anyway. Uh, so my number three, uh, claustrophobic moments. I, I'm telling you what, I would not last very long in these conditions that they're on mm, in this planet. Yeah. They've There's been a lot of moments that they're trapped or in small spaces, enclosed places. I don't even know if I could handle being in a space suit. I love space. I've been a space net since I was a little kid. Um, but the thought of actually being in like a spacesuit and having that helmet and stuff and, and having very limited movement and feeling like you're closed off and being in like a tiny little like spaceship or something, no thanks. But um sounds fun, but when you get down to that, no way. So we have another claustrophobic moment with John and Maureen uh, where they're trapped together and they're forced to spend some time together. They... Mm you know, still interact. They still communicate whenever they don't have these moments, but it feels like they have to have these claustrophobic moments to have like real moments because when they're, you know, uh, helping the rest of the community or with the family, it's all about business. Um, you know, we, all these tasks and things that we need to do. Um, and it's, you know, there's not very many, um, much emotion, but we always get these moments. We had one where they were trapped under that big satellite, um, which I like this moment better. I think we got more emotion um, out of these two. And I really liked how the universe is like trying to bring them back together. And I really liked where they shared their memory of their old apartment. They didn't yeah. have air conditioning. And they were talking about how they go to the mall um, just to use the AC. And um, and I really like when John confesses that he was wrong to sign up for another tour. And then she confesses to John about lying so Will could join the mission. Um I just really like that whole whole moment that they had together. I think I know that she was feeling guilt about it, but John assures her, you know, that that's what anyone would do. I like that she was really upset and she's like I don't want to be angry anymore, and I really like that because we I felt like it's it's as much as I enjoy those two on the screen together and I think they have really good chemistry and I think both actors are really good. They can pull out these scenes really well. Um I I was getting kind of tired of the you know, her being angry, you know, about what he did as far as like kind of re-enrolling for another mm. tour and things like that. And just, you know, the, their estrangement and being just angry over the whole situation. Um, so I'm kind of glad. I'm hoping that this helps moving forward, um, you know, if she's really ready to to kind of drop that and move on and, and it kind of brings them together. I really like that moment. But I felt... I. They have a good way of shooting these scenes. I really felt like I was in there with them. So I was really yeah. feeling like, oh, I don't like it. Let's do something else. I don't, I feel like I'm trapped in there with them. And I didn't like that. And when they're climbing out of that tar. that That's the part. Because like mm -mm. being in like a tight, like when they're in the ship part of it. Yeah. I was okay when they're kind of floating. But then when it sank and like you actually are trapped, like that got me a little bit. But yeah, mm -hmm. going through that helium uh I guess tunnel that she made. That's where I was kind of like, oh yeah, no, like, nope. There's a a show or a movie called um, it's like, I don't think it's Cavern. But basically, it's like these girls that go into this cavern and mm -hmm. they get lost and like 
there's monsters down there, whatever. It's a really bad movie, but like they're like climbing through things where they have to like shimmy through no. and don't have enough room to do anything. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, like I get all like tense and I have to like pop everything. And yeah, it's just, just not my bag. It's bag of, uh, anything. No, I agree. Anytime we go on cave tours, we would take the kiddo on these cave tours. Cause she really, well, even as an adult, she still loves them. Uh, but you know, they would have the, the main tour and you're in the big cavernous areas and I'm perfectly fine with that. But then they'd have like their special tours. <laughs> like, do you feel like going on this extra tour where you really kind of got to crawl on your hands and knees or on your belly and you got to shimmy? And I'm like, Oh hell no, yeah. <laughs> you are not uh. getting me <laughs> in there. I have seen way too many movies. I'm going to get stuck. My foot's going to get stuck. I am. Mm-hmm. I have broad shoulders, people. I am a tall person, and I have broad shoulders. They will get stuck somewhere. <laughs> the person in front of you or behind you is going to get stuck, and then you're not going to be able to move, and yeah, I'm going to freak out. Nope, there's going to be an earthquake, and the, yep. the rocks are going to start crumbling down. Oh, hell no. But uh, good for you if you like doing that kind of thing. More power to you. But um, I just really like this scene with, with John and Maureen. I think this was, you know, I feel like we kind of get a little repetitiveness where they feel like they have to put them in these moments to get them to have an emotional moment and kind of break down their walls a little bit. But I think mm. this one was really good and served its purpose. So it's my number three. Well, I'll, uh, I'll tag on this kind of free flowing because this is actually my number one. I call it just the tar pit. Uh, but yeah, like you get this whole, you know, like you were just saying, like they're getting back together. Um, I actually kind of tied this to almost like my other ones. Like you save one, you save all Mm -hmm. because there's the moment where they're running out of air. It's getting super hot in there. And it's basically a situation where it's like, he finds a spacesuit. He's like, listen, you get on the spacesuit and I'm going to try to push you out because there's no reason for both of us to die down here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she's starting to figure it out and they actually kissed in there, which I they believe did. is the first time we've seen them kiss in this whole, ep- this whole season. I think so. Cause even in the flashbacks before they were estranged, I don't think we saw, I think she hugged him when he came home for Christmas, but I don't know that they kissed. So this was a big moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's, it's the whole thing. Like I kind of thought back to the, the surfer dude when he, you know, was, in that situation, like I felt like he'd probably be like, "No, sacrifice me for the better, like sacrifice me for the greater good." Mm-hmm. But Risey's about to push her through, like she's like, "Oh, listen, there's helium in here. We can do yada yada yada." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, science, <laughs> yeah, science, <laughs> bitch." <laughs> for any Breaking Bad fans out there, <laughs> uh, but I was gonna say that, but I was like, "Well, I don't want, I don't want that to be construed like I was saying, you know." Science, and then so I'm glad you I'm glad you tagged onto that. But I'll throw it out there. Just just a couple of notes from that. Like I love that when they climb out and they're laughing, you hear the helium laugh, <laughs> and they're saying "I love you," which was really really adorable. I love uh, that so much. <laughs> but they had they had tar on their arms though. I'm like, wouldn't that burn really really bad? You know, I didn't think about that. That's true. We think of like the tar pits here that still exist from like the prehistoric eras. And listen, it's been a long time since I've done any science people. So I don't know which era, Mesozoic or Jurassic or whatever it was. But yeah, we have tar pits and yeah, I guess they're kind of hot. And then how Mm -hmm. did they, what was it seeping through maybe the, what was it like? like that parachute yeah, or, or balloon thing that she used or something or that like they were they shimmying through. So maybe it, yeah. yeah. Or yeah, maybe when they came out, because it looks like it wasn't like a perfect little, um, 
oh, we're just going to go straight from this onto the shore and not get touched by the tar. It looks like it was still kind of bundled up a little bit and maybe, yeah, but I, I guess if it burned, they didn't care. It didn't, it didn't burn that bad because they were goofy on helium. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was adorable. Yep. But the other thing, I, this is completely inappropriate, but I got a good giggle <laughs> out of it. So as they're in this thing, you know, and she's getting hot, so she takes off her shirt. Like, the, like this is what I would do with my wife and probably why she'd smack me. Of like, oh, well, I guess if we're going down, we might as well. <laughs> Sean, it's a family show. <laughs> well, they're married. I mean. It's true. Well, yes. I it's don't... a dire situation. It is. You know, hey, you know, if, if the time is right, I guess. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I think she would have smacked him for sure. They didn't. Oh, probably. Yeah. She definitely at that time didn't seem too loving at that moment yet. But th- this was actually a situation though where I thought, like, as he was getting ready to push her up, like, I'm like, oh, well, John's going to be gone. Like, how the hell are they going to do the rest of the show with John? Yeah. And then I started thinking, I'm like, wait, I thought I saw him on ten episodes for this. Well, maybe he's like a ghost or something because, again, like very few shows give you that, like, oh my god, they're going to kill the main character. Mm-hmm. And I really, really had that feel here for a bit. I kind of did too because I totally believed that he would do it. Mm-hmm. I totally yeah. Oh, yeah. bought that he would do this act. Like, if that was what was going to have to happen, that he was totally going to be like, you know, yeah, I'll sacrifice myself because you're, you are needed. I'm not. I mean, he he is definitely a contribution, and he has skills that will help on this mission and Alpha Centauri. And, of course, you know, you wouldn't want to see his family lose their father. But when you look at the two of them, who, you know, who's who's needed more? You know, she's the, uh, the engineer, and she's kind of like almost not really the head of the whole mission, but she certainly looked upon with the other folks, you know, in the community as you know, she's pretty darn brilliant and necessary. So, and I totally buy that he would do that. He's a soldier. He's used to sacrifice. And uh, he's also thinking of his family. He's like, go save our kids, you oh, know? Yeah. So I totally bought I, I totally bought that, that he would do it. And I, But I'm glad he didn't have to. I like John. Uh, let's see. So that was just kind of my number one tied into yours a little bit. But so cool. my number three... Uh, it's just older siblings. So we see Penny and Will. You know, Will's kind of down about his robot, which is, you know, very understandable. Mm-hmm. And she's getting ready to sneak off with her boyfriend. Again. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, as, you know, the parents say, hey, don't go anywhere. And I love, again, she's kind of the comedic relief. She knocks on the door and, you know, she says, hey, I'm sneaking off now. And she gets the gist that he's not really in a good mood. So he, she knocks again, like, you know, basically the exact same thing I do whenever like somebody I love is like in a sour mood. Like I try to use humor to make them happy, which is probably just more annoying than anything. Yeah. But she comes up with a suit. And she's like, hello, governor's team. I lost my head. <laughs> uh, you know, and the, it's the, the part that really got me is, you know, she she talks him into like learning how to fly kind of thing. So a little fun game. And he uh, he's like excited. And he says yes and raises his arms. Oh, and I kind know. Of screams, and she does the same thing. And he has the flashback to the robot. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, I think I'm done. And it's like <sighs> for a, you know, I don't know how old he is, like eight to 12 range. Like, that's just like, you know, they always say like, you're only as happy as your unhappiest kid. And yeah. right now Will's kind of in a rough spot with all that stuff. I know. And you can't blame him. And I thought of that even before they showed us the flashback. Whenever he did this little, yes, you know, and raised his arms. I was like, oh the robot. 
robot totally mimicked him when he did that and then they showed the flashback and that just made me well up even more I'm such a big crybaby over this robot I can't help it um but yeah it was super sweet and I know you know I do fear too much Penny you know going off too much on the comic relief side of things but you know there's always that person in the family when you've got you know a couple siblings in the family there's always that person I'm kind of the same too I try to you know you know I do try to get to to that level and try to help that person and empathize and feel their situation and help them talk it out but for some reason my first instinct is also just what can I do to cheer them up and I'll try to use humor or joking or a distraction to try to get their mind off of it and of course if that doesn't work you know you kind of kind of go there a little bit like she did with him when when they were building the little um uh replica of the robot later so that was a sweet moment it was real sweet I think of Penny to you know I feel like they haven't had too much connection her and Will um so it was kind of nice for her to like not go skipping out again because that's something I feel it's kind of repetitive um, and instead hang out with their little brother and try to make him feel better. Yeah. It's definitely kind of a different than like, I think how they've built her character. Like you'd expect her to be like, Oh, will stop sulking over your robot and yeah. leave. But you know, she took the, the high road as the older sister and, you know, helped her brother out, which was really, really kind of comforting to an extent. I think so. I think you can kind of buy that. That's what family's about, right? And what siblings mm-hmm. do for each other, I guess. All right. Good number three. I like it. My number two, uh, just touching a little bit more on Victor and his family. So we do get BJ confessing to his family. I mentioned that earlier about the black hole and the danger of staying on that, that planet. And he tells his family, he's like, well, we're leaving. And we as an audience already know, well, not everyone's leaving. So mm-hmm. who, he's choosing to leave. Is he going to, I don't know if, I know we don't know how much fuel is left and they know that not everyone's going to make it, but is it just even enough for one ship, two ships? Are they going to have to try and pile people on just one ship? If it's, if it's, you know, more, you know, we don't quite know any of that information yet. Um, and I feel like I kind of mentioned earlier that he's not really going to make the Robinsons a part of this plan. I feel like there was some tension, yeah. you know, between him and Judy uh, with the Evan situation and, and what happened there. I think there's some tension between him and John a little bit where John's kind of not really. And I don't think he's trying to do it, but I think sometimes it kind of makes Victor look a little bit douchey or, you know, like not a great decision maker when he's like, well, why don't we just do this? Like he did in one of the other episodes when they were, they didn't quite know what to do and didn't have a solution to a problem. He's like, well, why don't we just do this? And they're like, oh yeah, we can do that. And he's like, okay, yeah, you go do this and you do this. And and Victor's just kind of sitting there like, you know, well, who are you? You know, I'm the leader here. So I feel like there's already some tension there. And then we, we know that, Dr. Smith is, you know, arising some doubts in with John and Maureen about saying, oh, well, Victor had the opportunity to, you know, and he didn't want the robot around. So I feel like there's going to be some suspicion going on between them two in all of this. And as much crap as I give Victor, like, I really don't like him, but I don't think he's that bad of a guy. He acts like a jerk, but, you know, he didn't get mad at Judy for saving Evan. And he didn't blame them when he talked to his family. Like, well, at least that we saw anyway. He didn't, like, blame Judy. Like, well, it's her fault. We don't have all the fuel. She wanted to save Evan, and I didn't. So, while I don't think he's such a bad guy, I think he's probably just a little bit of a jerk. And he seems almost like a new leader. 
I don't yeah, know. I, I don't know if he was a leader on earth or he seems like a new leader to me. I get that like not fully qualified for this position. Like I'm sure and I don't know how they do the the whole training for this. And maybe there isn't. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, you're a smart dude and they voted for you. So, hey, here you go. You get to be in charge of this, you know, extremely dangerous trip. And guess what? It just crash landed on a planet. So right. good luck. Don't let people cause a mutiny. Exactly. Yeah, they we we know from previous episodes there was an election because they, they say multiple times, well, we didn't vote for the guy. Um, so it's like, OK, so what makes this person qualified? You know, it sounds well, like the government, at least here on Earth, was kind of in 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 pieces from whatever event that took place. So what was this person a, a former leader on Earth? What was his role? What qualifications does he have? Is he experienced? You know, well, I feel like in this situation, too, like right now, like especially in this scenario, he's no longer going to be the leader of this pe- this group. Like he, he has knowledge that this planet's dying. His first priority is going to be saving his family. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously you could be like, we well, should care about everybody, which I'm sure he does. But it's like, if I can only save so many people, it's going to be my family. Mm-hmm. He's and the I one w- putting emotion into it. When he's telling Judy before, you got to take emotion out of it. He's yeah, not. Now he will be. Yeah. Yeah. He's not putting everyone else. He's not thinking of everyone else. He's now presented but, with the situation. The planet is getting ready mm-hmm. to like explode or die. Whatever it is that is getting ready to happen. It is not great. And they have like no fuel. Uh, now he's like, well, why is what makes them them any better? I mean, I get that he's this leader and yeah, he probably should be on the list to be able to get the hell out of there. But I think he's doing the exact same thing that he was accusing Judy of about the emotion. But my, I guess my question is now that like now that the situation's more real and you know that not everybody's going to survive. You know, I, I, I it's kind of like contrast with uh, with John because John kind of probably knew that, but he re-upped anyway, which he said was the wrong choice. Mm hmm. But you have this situation now with Victor where he has this information. It's like, well, should he leave his post or should he keep to his post and try to help everybody off? Or if he has a chance to save his family, should he save his family? You know, like you think of mass chaos breaking out. Like, should you still go and do your duty or is your duty to take care of your family first? Right. So it's it's it's. It's one of those things that no matter which way you choose, you know, if you stay behind and save people, but your family dies, you're going to feel awful. And then if you save your family, but lots of people die, I think you're going to feel awful in that sense, too. So, again, situation I hope I never have to figure find myself in. Uh-uh. No way. Hopefully in my uh, Netflix binging world, that won't occur. <laughs> I hope my, my roughest choice is like you can watch Lost in Space or you can watch Glow, but you can't watch both. Right. I want the toughest decision that I have to make be like, what show to watch next? <laughs> Which one Your to start? Your toughest decision is, will Coke be okay? Yes, <laughs> Coke is fine. Yeah. Oh, okay. So what's your number two? Uh, so my number two is just the save one or save all. Okay. Um, so just kind of, we've already kind of touched on that quite a bit. Yeah, definitely a theme with this this episode for sure in different parts and aspects and feelings on it and what is good or bad or somewhere in between. All right, so my number one is problem solving. So I think that at this point we're at, what was this, episode seven? Yeah, episode right? seven. So yeah. So at this point, we've had a lot of episodes with a lot of problems that needed solving. And this seems to be taking the place 
sometimes of good storytelling. And this episode was kind of heavy with the whole problem solving. There was a lot of problems to have to solve. And I feel like it's getting a little bit repetitive. I think it makes sense with the story that, you know, they're lost in space. They're on this planet. Uh, Lots of things are happening and occurring and things you have to deal with and problems that do need to be solving. But I feel like it's being used this. It was usually, I think, a little too heavily in this particular episode. Uh, I thought the only time that it worked in this episode was with John and Maureen. Um, so I hope that we, we see just a little bit less of it, or maybe it gets told a little bit better because even though it happened again in that scene with John and Maureen, I think they pulled it off really well. I think the actors are really great and are really talented that they were able to pull that off. Um, but it's getting a little bit repetitive and I just want there to be good story as well in the show and not just keep relying on all of these problems that they have to solve to kind of fill in some of that stuff. So that's kind of my hopes you know, moving forward, we, you know, we got a couple more episodes. I feel like there was some character development. There was some plot movement and some things that happened, you know, for the remainder of the episodes. But that's just my only one thing that was just a little bit negative that I hate to be a negative ninny, but I got to be honest and, and kind of say that, you know, I feel like it's just becoming a lot of a trend. So, yeah, I, I would agree that I feel like this first season probably could have been like seven to eight episodes. There's a lot of fluff I think they can take out. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like maybe the next three, like that fluff plays pay, pays off. I'm not sure. Right. Um, it hasn't been like, I don't, I don't hate this show at all. And I'm excited. There's a season no. two. Yeah. But it does just feel like there's a little bit of extra filler in a lot of the places, you know, like maybe 10 episodes at 40 minutes a piece. Mm-hmm. Maybe that would do it. Um, but then again, they do have a lot of expensive sets. I mean, they had to go all the way to a new planet to to film this. Exactly. So obviously, they're going to film as much as they can. Absolutely, they are. Yeah, and it's definitely not. I mean, I still like the show. I really do. I, I'm having a great time. And like I said, I'm a total space nut and sci-fi geek. So I'm totally digging it, I think. And there's so many beautiful things and positives. But that is just one thing that keeps, you know, as I keep seeing it episode after episode. And then I saw it again in this one. I thought, well, this one seems a little bit more heavier than others. And it just, I'm like, I just want a little bit more and not more of the problem solving whole thing, but just a little bit more story and character um, development and, and things moving forward in the next couple of episodes. And I hope, hope that we get that. I, you know, not everything has to be pretty and perfect. You know, I, you know, I can't be a yes man for, for the show entirely. I, but I am still really anxious to see what happens and I am happy for a season two. So that's my number one. What's right. yours? And my number one, we kind of added on was just the tar pit. So we kind of, kind of all over the place on mine a little bit, but, um, we were, so, Okay, well, um, well, if you didn't have anything to add about that, do you want to go into notes? Uh, actually, we covered all my notes, too, so I'm a little dry on this. I'm a little tar-pitted <laughs> out on this tar- one. Are you covered in tar and, and <laughs> giggling over your helium self? Um, I, I do have a note, at least one that we haven't covered already. We did cover a lot of mine as well. Um, the one thing, and like I said, I hate to end it on like this negativity, but like I said, I have to be kind of honest. In the beginning, you know, she's Judy is holding the real Dr. Smith's badge and she's just like, I can't believe it. I thought it was so dumb when she called the Jupiter and allowed. Oh, yes. I mean, I was like, 
really? You are such a smart girl. Number one, she should have just known for herself. But then two, she's got Don sitting right there next to her who he's like, let me tell you from experience from someone, you know, that's been there. (laughs) I've been caught a couple times. (laughs) You need to like confront this person head on and not give them a chance. Because basically what she did now, I mean, because look, Dr. Smith is this and they don't know this, I don't think yet i think they're learning about her but i don't think they know the depth that she has went to and how much of a master manipulator that she Mm -hmm. is at this point because she caught on really quick to judy judy was horrible at that when she was like you know is my mom there you know she Mm -hmm. completely sounded suspicious she's like no i'll wait and tell her myself and they just like hang up and don's like what the hell did you just do the, the part where it's like this is dr smith and she's like i know who you are and then immediately, that look and on Dr. Dr. Smith's face. Yeah, she's like, uh, I'm not playing my hand. Uh-huh. You sound very accusatory. Um, yeah. Yeah, I total, didn't really like that part either. Total giveaway. I was so mad at Judy. I was like, you are a smart girl. I get that you want to warn your family. You want to make sure they're okay. And maybe go ahead and tell her, but you're taking that risk. And she totally showed her hand at that moment. And I was just like, that was dumb. You should have listened to Don. You should have known better for yourself. But in second, you should have listened to Don because he was right. But anyway, I had to kind of point that out that 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 just kind of bugged me. So now we have Dr. Smith moving forward with another plan. And that's just, yeah. gonna, you know, you've given her a head start. Like, even if she isn't sure, she's kind of like, OK, I think they might be on to me. So now I'm going to do other things to kind of make sure I stay ahead of all of you. Exactly. They need to kind of be smart and let her have a level of comfortability with what's happening and think that, yeah, you're just you're just one of us. You're just another mm-hmm. survivor. You're just one of us. And, you know, they need to not be showing themselves so much. You know, they're, you know, Judy confronted Dr. Smith in, uh, it looked like that cargo hold or wherever they were at. And she's like, you know, Don told me about you. And that then gave her another opportunity to kind of spin yep. some more stories and stuff. And I feel like Judy just needs to bring it down just a little bit and be a little bit more cautious. I guess she's young. She's 18. So I kind of try to give her, you know, the benefit of the doubt a little bit. She's probably got some limited experience. It sounds like she's had her head in books and studying all her life. She missed prom for crying out loud because she was studying for MCATs. So, you know, I feel like all her, it's not that she's stupid, but she, she does stupid things, I feel, and not, you know, doesn't think too far ahead at the consequences of, you know, if, if I do this action, what's going to happen as a result of that? Because she just kind of jumps in. And I'm like, you're a smart girl and in your limited experience in libraries and books and studying and not being out there in the world and interacting with different types of people has not led you well to what you're experiencing right now. And I would just I was kind of irritated at that. <laughs> so anyway, that that was all the notes that I had that we haven't already covered. So but good episode. I'm ready for yeah. the next one. I think uh, shit's getting ready to hit the fan. And I'll be happy to see the robot come back. I think the robot's coming back. Yes, yeah. So he started to kind of come to life a little bit, it looked like. So I'm super excited to hopefully see him come back. And it looked like he was still in safe mode. He wasn't red, so. Right. He still seemed okay. So I'm I'm very anxious to see the return of the robot, which I think we're going to get. So anyway. Okay. So if you didn't have any other notes, and I think we covered that pretty well, we now have a word from our second sponsor this week. 
Oh, Rima, have you ever found yourself in a tar pit and wish, man, I wish I had something made of leather? <laughs> well, we have the place for you to get some custom leather stuff. You can get wallets, you can get belts, you can get all kinds of awesome stuff, and that is Lauk's Leatherworks. So if you want to check these guys out, just go to etsy.com slash shop slash Leatherworks. It'll be in the show notes. And if you use our promo code STRANGE2018, you'll get $5 off anything you buy. There's already some stuff that's been made. Again, it's all handcrafted, uh, and you can check it out. And But if you want some type of custom order, just make sure you email dlauks at lauksleatherworks.com, and you can kind of get the ball rolling on your custom tar pit leather <laughs> outfit. <laughs> The tar will remember, slide right yeah. off. <laughs> <laughs> and just remember, if you want, if you go and use uh, Laux Leatherworks, use the promo code STRANGE2018. You'll get $5 off anything you buy. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Yep. Thanks, guys. Okay. So now a couple news items this week. The first one that we have is from Variety. So the 2018 MTV Movie and TV Awards aired Monday night with Stranger Things dominating the television field. Stranger Things walked away with three awards, including Best Show. Millie Bobby Brown also won for show performance, while Noah Schnapp was recognized for Frightened Performance. Yes, and I'm glad... Glad they get some rewards. I know. I love that. And and the the uh, movie and TV awards for MTV is always so much fun. I don't always get to watch all of it, but I try to keep up with clips and different things. And it's always a lot of fun and laid back and just fun to see everyone mingle. Noah Schnapp definitely deserved that. My goodness. Season two, this boy got put through his paces oh, playing yeah. Will. So I'm glad that he got that award. So super cool for all of our Stranger Things kiddos. Got some awards. All right, so our next article comes from Entertainment Weekly. So Netflix is teaming up with Dark Horse to publish a line of comics based on Stranger Things with the first series set to launch this September. Dark Horse is known for championing stories and storytellers, Dark Horse president Mike Richardson said in a statement. We are so excited to work with Netflix to bring the world of Stranger Things to comics. The partnership is set to consist of a multi-year publishing line that will give Stranger Things fans an opportunity to explore the mysterious world of Hawkins, Indiana, according to Dark Horse. The first series of the line launches fall will explore the adventures of Will Byers after he was transported to the horrific extra-dimensional upside-down at the beginning of Season 1. Viewers only saw Will reappear in the season's finale when he was finally found by his mother, Joyce. But obviously a lot happened in the interim. This four-issue Stranger Things miniseries will give fans a look at what happened to Will in the Upside Down. Stranger Things number one hits comic shops on September 26th. Sweet for all you comic fans out there. And hopefully you're caught up on season one and two of Stranger Things. Because if you weren't, you might have heard a little bit too much about what (laughs) happened. But hey... Um, spoiler alert. Anyway, yeah, super fun uh, to think that they're doing some comics. They're really expanding a lot. They've they've got a lot happening, kind of expanding the Stranger Things universe. So that's super fun. Yeah, I'll have to add that to my poll list. I'm excited. And it's only four issues, too, which yep. sometimes they try to expand that stuff out too far. But four issues seems perfect for that. Yeah, I agree. I think that's pretty perfect and will give us some nice little insight. Because didn't we all kind of wonder, mm-hmm. you know, what happened to Will while he was there in, in the Upside Down during season one? I know I was. I'm like, what the hell? What did he have to? You know, it had to be bad. But, yeah. um, you know, what exactly happened? So I'm I'm anxious to check that out. 
cool. Um, the next thing that we have, a little bit of announcement and kind of news at the same time. Uh, this week, uh, Sean and I were informed that our podcast, Strange Indeed, has been selected uh, by panelists as one of the top 10 Netflix blogs on the web. Yay! Yay! This was super cool. We are so, so honored. This comes from blog.feedspot.com slash Netflix blogs. Uh, This is the most comprehensive list of top 10 Netflix blogs on the internet. So we are super honored uh, that we were chosen on this list uh, with lots of other great blogs and and, um, Netflix uh, resources and things out there that we were chosen. This was just absolutely amazing. And um, we were super honored. And thank you so much for that. Thank you to all of our listeners because we are here because of you and we love you guys. So thanks. Thanks for that yeah, honor. Thanks, everybody. And thank you, uh, Feedspot. That's awesome. Yeah, super awesome. I, I was I had to like read that email like five times because I was like, <laughs> what? We, we got what? We did something. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're super excited, super proud. So thank you so much for that. All right. So next week, we'll be covering the eighth episode from Lost in Space titled Trajectory. So Maureen finds a solution to fuel issue, but putting her plan into action proves trickier than expected. Dr. Smith realizes her cover is blown. Wow. That's a little bit of a spoilery description, isn't it? He's going to be like, I wonder. Yeah. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's like, you don't wash your hands after using the bathroom. (laughs) I mean, I don't mind. That's yeah, I always kind of look at descriptions. I look at trailers. I you know <laughs> look at you previews. Don't mind when people don't wash their hands after no. using the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> no, let me be perfectly clear. Wash your hands after going to the restroom. That's yep. not. I'm sorry. I should have been more clear. That's not what I meant. I meant I didn't mind the little spoilery um, description for the show because I do. I- I've learned it from the TV show my son watches, Daniel Tiger. It's when you have to go potty, stop, go right away, <laughs> flush and wash and be on your way. <laughs> oh, the life lessons. <laughs> Is it helpful? Is he learning to wash his hands? Uh, we're still working on the potty Oh, the stuff. potty he, training. Okay, yeah. yeah, he's little. He's so. sitting on it, but I think he's only used it once. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Man, I'm glad not to be back. <laughs> into any of that anymore that was not a fun ride um that that took a lot more effort than what i thought being a young parent um, so <laughs> kudos to all y'all doing the potty training thing um anyway we're super excited for you to join us on the jupiter 2 as long as you wash your hands uh, <laughs> while traveling in space you can follow us on twitter at strange tcast you can like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash StrangerTCast. And you can check us out on Instagram at strange underscore indeeds underscore pod. You can email us at strangerthingscastpod at gmail.com. You can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts like the Westworld cast at podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed or any of the other great podcasts podcast on Apple Podcasts. Oh, yeah. Check out that Westworld cast, man. Jason and David do such a damn fine oh, yeah. podcast on that show. And, man, you don't know that you need this podcast, but trust me, you need this podcast if you're watching Westworld. So, yeah. I've watched this episode six times. I still don't know what it means. Well, let's save you the trouble. Watch the episode and then go listen to Jason and David on Westworld cast on Podcastica. Um, and thank me later. Um 
And speaking of podcasts, you have to check out Sean and his other podcast, Language of Bromance, that comes out every Sunday. Oh, yeah. We just crossed four years, four straight years of podcasting. So 208 episodes. That's quite a relationship, Sean. That is a true bromance you and Rich got going on. Yep, and we still we still have our bromance, so Aww. it's we haven't we haven't fought yet. We haven't got that seven year itch yet. So I think we've got at least three years left. Right. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right. Well that's our show, episode forty two, pressurized. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And Elizabeth Nikolovich is strange indeed. <laughs>